Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today our church around the world celebrates the great holy day of Pentecost. Now our church has three major feasts within its liturgical year, and each of these highlight a person of the Holy Trinity. And how appropriate, Christmas highlights the Son, the second person of the Holy Trinity, in which the Son of God, Jesus Christ, comes into this world and is born like us in order to save it. Easter highlights the Father, the Father resurrecting the Son from the dead, and now giving us all the hope and the promise that we too will follow. Finally, Pentecost. Here highlights the Holy Spirit, the Father and the Son sending the Holy Spirit into this world. And in doing so, the Holy Spirit literally gives life to the church. And therefore, Pentecost truly is the birthday of our church. Now notice how the birth of our church comes about. It says, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed upon them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus breathes upon the apostles and they receive the Holy Spirit. Our church literally comes to life because they receive that divine breath of life. Now, where else do we see that divine breath of life, giving life to something or someone? How about Genesis chapter 2, verse 7? It says, The Lord formed man out of clay and blew into his nostrils, and suddenly man became a living being. Well, again, we see that divine breath of life, now giving life to all of humanity. This tells us that God is the source of life, for not just us and all of humanity, but also for our church. Now, notice also the detail here. The first gift that the apostles, or I should say the church, receives is the ability to forgive sins. That's why Jesus says next, Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Now, isn't this strange? Of all the gifts that the Holy Spirit could give the church, the apostles, this is the first. Why? Now, you'd think that out of the many gifts the Holy Spirit could have given the apostles, it could have been preaching, teaching, gifts like that they would use right away. But instead, it was the gift to forgive sins. Why? Because Jesus' ministry was all about this. It was all about imparting God's overwhelming mercy and forgiveness upon all who seek it. Well, now the church becomes that vehicle that vehicle or instrument to forgive sins through the apostles and their successors, bishops, and also priests. 
And yet, the apostles will receive even more gifts. In the first reading from Acts of the Apostles, they receive the gift of being able to speak many languages. Now, what's interesting about this, the apostles were never trained or educated to speak any of these languages. More to it, chances are the apostles never even went or visited these lands in which these languages are spoken. But nonetheless, they speak these languages and the dialects very fluently. That's why the people are so amazed by this. It says, they were astounded in amazement and they asked themselves, are not all these people who are speaking Galileans? Then how does each of them hear us in our own native language? Well, this is the power of the Holy Spirit on display. Later on in Acts of the Apostles, we see that both Peter and Paul will receive the gift of healing. The apostles are doing something they never thought possible. And so we can only imagine what they must be feeling at this time. They probably felt a sense of excitement and euphoria to know and feel the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through them. More to it, they probably felt a sense of accomplishment that they now were going to continue the work that Jesus Christ started in this world. Now, with that in mind, go to the second reading. Here, St. Paul speaks of the different gifts of the Holy Spirit. He refers to them as charisms, special graces, gifts that God has given us for the express purpose of building up the church in this world. Now, later on, Paul will describe these in greater detail. He'll say that some of the gifts are of knowledge and healing and preaching and teaching, and the apostles used them all. They were compelled by the Holy Spirit to use them for the express purpose of building up the church in the first century, and they did just that. Now, where else do we see this on hand? How about the lives of the saints? The saints are the saints because they recognize the gifts of the Holy Spirit and then they surrendered to them. If you ever read the lives of the saints, you'll see that the saints were a very different bunch. They were a very different people. They were sailors and soldiers. They were architects and plumbers. They were farmers and theologians, doctors and nurses. They came from a wide variety of different backgrounds. And yet, they all had different skills talents, charisms given to them by God, and they surrendered to them. And in doing so, they shared those gifts for the benefit of the church. And our church throughout the centuries have flourished because of that. I'll give you one example of this. St. Francis Xavier. He lived in the 16th century, was great friends with and was ordained with St. Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits. After ordination, St. Francis set out and traveled to India as a missionary. And then from India, he made his way to Malaysia, Japan, and then finally China, where he died. Now, what's interesting is St. Francis traveled to all these different countries. He was never once taught the language or the dialect associated with the many different people of these countries. And yet, it is said that as soon as St. Francis stepped on the shore of any of these countries he came upon, he immediately knew the language and the dialect of the people, and he spoke with great fluency. Therefore, he was very successful in evangelizing. 
Well, that was his gift, and he surrendered to it. That's what made him such a great missionary. We too are given gifts, charisms by God. At the moment we were created, God bestowed upon each and every one of us different gifts. And at the time of our baptism, when the Holy Spirit rushed into our soul, those gifts were stirred up or awakened. And then, as we grew up, we needed the help of our family and our friends, as well as our faith community, to help us not just identify those gifts, but to understand how to use them for the benefit of the church. We all have different gifts, whether it's gifts of teaching, athleticism, artistic gifts of painting, song, singing, sculpting, or just being personable, being a good listener to people. These are all just a few of the gifts that many of us have. As Paul says, they're different forms of service, but the same Lord. We all have different gifts, but the same source, the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul says in the second reading, to each individual, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given for some benefit. Well, the benefit is for all of us within the faith community, for our entire church. That's why the church has benefited from these gifts of the apostles, the saints, and now us for centuries on end. That's why our church has flourished for centuries and centuries. Paul continues. He gives us that great analogy of the body. He says, As a body is one, though it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also Christ. Well, if we truly believe that we make of the body of Christ, the church, then we must share our gifts for the benefit of all. Go back to Paul's analogy. A body truly flourishes and has good health when all the organs are working harmoniously together. Well, so too with us. We must work harmoniously together within our own parishes, sharing our gifts for various ministries so that our parishes and our faith communities can benefit and thrive from that. Therefore, we have to ask ourselves, well, what do we do? Well, follow the footsteps of the apostles. Look at the first reading. Before the apostles received the Holy Spirit, what were they doing? They were praying together. Remember last week's gospel before Jesus ascends back into heaven? He tells the apostles, go back into Jerusalem and pray to receive the Holy Spirit. Remember last week's first reading from Acts? It says the apostles were found in the temple worshiping night and day. Well, prayer is important. Prayer essentially establishes the proper disposition for us to receive the Holy Spirit in order to discern those gifts, identify them, and understand how to use them for the benefit of our faith community. But there are some times in which we need help from others, and that's okay. Say, for example, after Mass, somebody comes up to you and they say, you know, I was sitting in front of you and you have a very beautiful voice. Well, that's your gift. Now go join the choir and help the choir elevate the worship of your faith community. Or someone may say after a meeting, no, you explain that concept very beautifully. Well, that's your gift. Teaching. Well, now go teach in your faith formation program at your parish. Or maybe someone will say to you, you know, you're a really good listener. You're a great people person. Well, that's your gift. 
will now go and join the ministry that distributes communion to shut-ins, as well as people in nursing homes. One last thought. Paul says at the very end, attend to the needs of the body, the church. Well, that's a great command for us all. Now more than ever, on the great solemnity of Pentecost, the birthday of our church, now we are compelled to surrender ourselves, just like the apostles and the saints did, surrender ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit, and then use those great charisms for the benefit of your faith community, so that our church will continue to flourish, both now and the future to come. Today we celebrate the birthday of our church, and like all birthdays of loved ones, we feel compelled to get that person a gift. Well, the best possible gift that we could give God and his church is the gift of ourself. And therefore, may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.